Welcome back, dear listeners, to the next episode of Grimlore, the lore podcast for your Warhammer fantasy and Age of Sigmar needs. Hello again, dear listeners. This is your dwarven host, Gerald, just sitting at the tavern bar all by my little lonesome because uh, I think Rayway is still running away from our surly night guest from last episode. But I was joined by a- another knight here who's sitting beside me. We just chatted up a really good conversation. So until Ray- Rayway comes back to teach us about the wonderful world of Warhammer Fantasy, let's let, let me introduce you all to our new guest, Jack. Uh, hello. How are you? What brings you to our little tavern around the bend? Uh, considering my, in multiple ways, empty bowels, something to feed on. Um, what kind of thing to feed on? Uh, well, considering the brain case I'm currently inhabiting is empty, maybe some interesting information and stories. Brain case. Um, you mind if I just peek a take a look? Holy shit! Sorry, I did not know you're one of the gashes, folks. Unpleasantly, so yes. Thing. Okay, all folks are welcome here at the tavern. Just uh, keep your weapons at the keep your weapons at the table. We'll all get along fine. So, <laughs> oh, really? Hey, you're here. Hey, you. What? What did I do? The next time we get another one of those inbred horse fuckers, I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> hey, I'm still under that blood oath. So you can't do a thing to me right now. I see. You got a zombie in the house. Uh, no, as no, long no, as no, he's cool. Me the sword, I don't fucking care. Okay, no, no, no. He's cool. He's cool. He's cool. We actually struck a pretty good conversation. He's offered me this weird looking thing that looks like warpstone, but it's kind of different. But anyways, so I figured he'd be he might be interested to learn uh, some stories from you. Maybe. Sounds wonderful to me. See, he's interested. So how about we have a seat? I'll give you your loot back, and then you can spend some tales and songs about uh, Warhammer Fantasy. Right, buddy? Give me one second. Oh, that's good. Okay. Feel better? Yeah, it's good. That's good warp stone. Right in, right in my veins. Woo. Woo. Okay. Okay. Jack, you better tell me where you got that warp stone from. Because I might need some later. <laughs> oh, plenty of crevices and cracks. Things are seeping through. I'm sure it just fell out of somewhere. Okay, I'm probably I'm gonna regret asking that question. <laughs> <laughs> Falls out of the sky. It's free. <laughs> no one owns the sky. <laughs> All right. So I am here. How's everyone doing tonight? Or afternoon, I suppose. In the undead night's case. <laughs> oh well, it's cold as usual. <laughs> all right so you guys know the drill so Gerald knows the drill but i'm gonna make it i'm gonna ask him anyway and since we have a guest who wasn't here in the previous episode gerald would you be a kind dwarven uh co-host and do a good old 60 second recap for myself our listeners and our uh zombified skeleton friend over there <laughs> previously on grimlore we learn more about the Empire of Man and what the hell happened to it in the three days after Sigmar decided to fuck the shit I'm out and become a god. <laughs> so basically three days after he ups and up and just pieces out, it all everything almost falls apart in the infighting. But 
someone comes in and they all decide to become a democracy, which is the antithesis of an empire, but I digress. And then comes an emperor, Sigismund, who decides to... The best Three thing seconds. to be, they expand and expand and made a shit ton of enemies along the way, including the dwarves, and I will forever hate them for it. <laughs> 15 Mike seconds. Mike <laughs> oh damn impressive literally just done <laughs> okay not quite. Oh, also got into a fight with uh, Bretonia they won by the way <laughs> <laughs> they fought a bunch of wild men and uh, middle land is a uh, we don't like middle land that's all I'm going to say <laughs> alright time's up <laughs> <laughs> booyah 60 seconds <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure Jack understands everything that happened in full detail. Uh, I must. Yeah, unless you would prefer to uh, re-say it in a dead language, but I don't think that's going to work too well. <laughs> I mean, he's a dwarf. Their language doesn't change even after like thousands of years. It's enough to be legally dead. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's enough to be biologically dead. Ah, uh, you got me there. <laughs> Enjoying this, enjoying this. So I've been talking to Gerald this, this past week, just for everyone listening and for, you know, for, for uh, our guest here. And this episode has been hyping me up for, you know, a good little bit. But the problem is that I am trying to contain my hype because, you know, every podcast has like that first couple episodes. There's always that one that's like really good. This is what I think and what I hope is going to be our episode. Ooh. Because, yeah, I'm just excited. Yeah, just because, like, I don't know, I feel really strongly about it because the topic is really awesome. And as much as I want to, like, talk about it, oh, I really want to talk about it. <laughs> My part of me is trying to contain it. Uh, okay. So I'm ready to discuss. Um, I don't know if anyone has any, uh, any words they want to get in. Anyone want to discuss anything else before we actually begin? Uh, not at all. Not on my end. My body is ready. Put out your soul. That sounds like some heresy. <laughs> I think I left mine at the door. <laughs> yep, I feel mine kind of draining away. Jack, what you happen to do with that? <laughs> He's not eating you. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this place doesn't spill spare ribs. I'm not really in the mood. <laughs> oh my <laughs> fucking god! <sighs> All right. Sorry, I'm I'm I am I am hyped. I'm trying to contain the hype though. So from last we left off, as Joel was saying, the Empire had a period of you know enormous expansion, blah blah blah. Sigismund decided that he was gonna expand everywhere and then decided, oh wait, people have you know actual equipment, I'm gonna retreat. I don't like Sigismund either, but I like to make fun of him. Regardless, uh Middleland, as Joe was saying, kind of fucks the pooch a little bit, but with political corruption. This is just kind of a little setup to help. Jack and the audience remember everything. Assuming they aren't just, you know, doing one episode after another. If they are, good for you guys. Also on your end. Mm -hmm. But regardless, so the general setup of this time is that this episode is going to be covering the age of the three emperors. Which, depending on when you guys listen to this episode, or for anyone who has some knowledge on the upcoming um, Warhammer The Old World... This is the time period where the old world will be set. The upcoming uh, uh, Games Workshop game that's coming out. Ooh, so this is why I'm cool. saying... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Jules. Oh, I was saying, this ought to be cool. Yeah. This is basically the equivalent of um, Warhammer Fantasy's Horus Heresy. Now, I was wrong. This is, I was wrong in the previous... Well, I wasn't wrong. 
I'm, I'm never wrong, obviously. <laughs> I just need to add more information. So, <laughs> previously I said the age of the, em- the three emperors was set 300, 400 years in the past, which was correct. The problem is that while I did say the age of the three emperors took place, you know, 400 years before the, before the current timeline, like before the present day of Warhammer Fantasy, that's when it ends. The actual period of the age of the three emperors lasts around uh, about 1,000 years. Hold on. Hold on. Let me do the, let me do the math in my head here. Because we, we know you suck at numbers. How does that work? <laughs> if we're talking human uh, lifespans, because co- compared to you and me and our, our dear friend Jack here, human lifespans are very short. So how does short, era, actually. <laughs> so how does an era of three emperors last a thousand years? Well, it wasn't always three emperors. I'll actually get to how it becomes three emperors and the time periods that follow the age of three emperors. Because you'll start to find out that the age of three emperors is very much similar to the collapse of Rome in that, oh, the, the cla- you know how Rome was one empire and then it kind of broke apart? Yes. This is, this is basically Warhammer Fantasy's equivalent of it. Except instead of, you know, fracturing the two, it fractured the three. And we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. It, it gets kind of humorous. And so, by humorous, I mean fucking ridiculous. Uh, as, is, as is true Warhammer fashion. Yes, 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 indeed, indeed. <laughs> so, to kind of set the stage, to give some context, the Empire of Mankind, which is located in the Old World, which for our skeleton friend over here, is basically what I would consider um, basically Germany, where Germany or uh, most of Europe will be located in the Warhammer Fantasy world. I'm not sure if, Jack, you have any context for the actual geography of the planet. Oh, I'm I'm really bone dry on information for this one. I can't tell you anything. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> the Boston Pictures Channel immediately. <laughs> so, ah, one, I hate the puns, but I also love the puns. Um, <laughs> secondly, uh, in the art and picture section of our Discord, uh, of our Discord server, join the Patreon to get access to it. I am currently posting a picture of the Empire of Man as of 1153 IC, which is of the Imperial calendar. And you can get a general idea of the layout of the Empire at this point. So, hey, and it's um, not four pixels wide. Yay, you did, a, you did the thing. I did better this time. So, <laughs> so this is basically what the Empire looks like. Um, it's it's a bunch of separate provinces that all kind of cooperate and all kind of serve the emperor. Which, as I was saying, it becomes a democracy, which is the antithesis to an empire. But that's besides the point. The issue is that because of the death of an emperor named Mandred Skaven Slayer, uh, because of his death, uh, what was that, Gerald? Yes. <laughs> Best emperor ever. Um, yes. <laughs> So basically, during the Skaven uh, War, look at our first episode for more information on the Skaven War, the Empire is basically being assaulted by the Skaven, and Mandra Skaven Slayer basically single-handedly rallied the Empire together and basically saved the Empire to defeat the Skaven. The problem is, he came down with a crippling case of um, stabbed to death. So, wasn't it like 13 uh, times? Oh, I think it was like a do- yeah, it was like it was like a dozen times. He got he he woke up dead. He also happened to ha- have like a dozen stab wounds. It would have been more, very poetic if it was 13. <laughs> no. Mandra Skaven Slayer, amazing emperor. Like I said, he rallied the empire against Skaven. 
But the thing is that before he took the reins, like before he took power, the empire was already a place that was really rife with corruption, like political corruption and like provincial infighting. Like every province was basically at war, was not at war with each other, but they all had their own like political rivalries that stretched back like hundreds, if not thousands of years, naturally. As this was going on, when, when Mandrits Gavenslayer died, the empire basically went from like you know, a slow descent followed by followed by Mandrid basically catching it and stopping it to following his death, immediately plummeting like the stock market. Can't have nice things. So, <laughs> so with his death, um, normally when an empire when an emperor dies, all the provinces kind of, you know, they, they vote amongst themselves for a new emperor, like, oh, who amongst us is getting the next new emperor? The problem is that because of the corruption, like the political corruption that was rife, all of the political rivalries, and the fact that they were all literally recovering from the Black Plague and a war against, like, millions of rat people, <laughs> the Empire was not exactly in a cooperative mood. The provinces were not exactly on speaking terms with one another. And for literally the next 207 fucking years, no Emperor was properly elected. My fellow dwarves, let it burn. <laughs> so, what I mean by wasn't properly elected is more: there were emperors that were that did exist during this two hundred and seven year period, but none of them could really accomplish anything worth mattering. Like you could become a, you could become the emperor, but and you might rule for like ten years at most. At most, you would you would rule for like ten years before you're assassinated. Or you're, like, deposed of power for whatever reason. And during those ten years, you might try to, like... Oh, you might bring stability to one province, or two provinces, or three provinces. But immediately after you after you depose the power, all the provinces immediately started infighting again. All your reforms are, are undone in the second you leave office. Oh, sorry, so it's, like the, so it's like the problem with the guy that immediately preceded Sigmar. is just, like, he may have been the greatest emperor ever, but he's like... But did, he, but did you become a god? No, eh, forget you. <laughs> yeah, literally, it was it was very much the concept of like, oh, well, you could do something, but it's immediately undone after you're gone. This is this is why for those two hundred seven years, anyone who became emperor, they're not recorded. Like you could have been, you like, you could become an, become an emperor during those two hundred seven years. The second year to pose a power, you're not even recorded. Your memory isn't even like part of the records because that's how little you would have done in the grand scheme of things. That or it sounds like one of the scribes just decided to be a lazy bitch and just eh, ignore it. <laughs> mm, it's said that he reunited all of the empire and defeated a dragon ogre, Shagath. Should we record this? <laughs> we could, but I, I'm too lazy to reach my pen. Oh, if you don't oh really dear. capture the hearts of the people, there's no point holding the spine to it. <laughs> he has a point. <laughs> so naturally this literally meant that the empire was fracturing like every single province was basically they were almost independent in every single way but like officially like you could be the like you could be the uh the count which is like the equivalent to, like provincial governor of like talabakland and you might be completely isolated from like all your neighboring provinces just because of how like how much political infighting there is going on right now like, your neighboring provinces might not even, like, trade with you because of, like, political rivalries that's going on. Because people are just kind of that pissed off with you. And this also meant that some provinces were basically taking advantage of 
how weak the empire was as a whole. Like, again, for example, I might be the elector count, which is what the provincial governor would be called. I might have, like, an issue with Gerald's province because, like, our provinces have been enemies for, like, years or whatever. His dwarves are better. (laughs) Sure. Keep telling yourself that. Mm Mm-hmm. And I will. (laughs) So I might think, oh, well, because the empire has no emperor right now, I'll invade a city right on the border of our, right between our provinces and claim it for myself. Because since there's no standing emperor, no one's going to stop me from laying claim to a bunch of his cities on his border. And Gerald might be the same thing to the neighbor next to him. And this could continue for, you know, years to the point that the borders were basically constantly shifting and changing during these 207 years. It was a, not a great time. It was literally not a great time. To put in perspective, imagine if all 50 states of America, well, all the 50 states that were available on the, con- on the continent immediately started, like, isolating themselves and immediately started, like, grabbing territories next to one another. That is the equivalent of what's going on. And you know what they would all say, Ray? What's that? I'll fucking do it again. Oh, my fucking God. Always with the jokes. Ah, uh, but you love me for it. I do. It's hilarious. <laughs> now, not only were the provinces fighting against each other, but you also had cities within those provinces that are fighting against their own province. So you could have like a city within a province that's like, oh, no, 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 no. We don't like you. We want to join this province next to us because of whatever reason. Because, like, oh, ancestral bullshit for some reason. So now this entire city is rebelling against the province itself. <laughs> it was, to compare it to anything, com- again, compare it to, like, the Age of Strife in Warhammer 40k, where it's everyone's out for everyone else, everyone's isolated from everyone else, and it's just not a good time for anyone. Everyone's out for number one, otherwise they're stepping in number two. If you're not in first place, you may as well be last. Exactly. <laughs> so again for 207 years this continued until Middenhelm or rather um, until the Grand Duke which is like the the leader of a city of Middenhelm which is the capital city of Middenland which mm-hmm. Gerald doesn't like I kind of like it because of the political corruption that they had during the age of expansion it wasn't totally their fault but that's besides the point let me guess. Middenland um, did nothing wrong. No, they, they... Okay, look. They inherited a city that was full of corruption. So it's not their fault. But... <laughs> All I'm hearing is Midland did nothing wrong. Whether No, what they're going to do next is definitely something wrong. Okay, tell me about it. So, the Grand Duke of Middenhelm, again, it's one of the cities in Middenland. To put in perspective, every city, every um, the capital city of every single province is basically the name of the province followed by Helm. So the capital of Middenland is Middenhelm. You kind of get the joke. You can't get the ref. You can't get the... Yeah, you have the tracks. <laughs> now, like I said, because cities were literally like cut off from, from the province, or like there were cities that were open rebellion against the province themselves, the city of Middenhelm was technically in rebellion against the province of Middenland. The Grand Duke of Middenhelm, which... It's probably one of the coolest fucking cities because it's inside of a fucking crater. And the walls of the crater, I don't know how to put it, are basically like lined with cannons. So you can't take the city by force because if you try to take the city, the cannons that are lined all around the all around the walls will start opening fire on you. 
that's actually pretty damn cool. That makes me think of like the uh, capital of the Fire Nation from uh, the la- uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, where it's like, yeah, that's, it's situated that's, that's, inside the crater of a volcano. Like, yeah, that's how can you get more it. awesome than that? <laughs> yeah, that's the best way to put it. So the Grand Duke of Minhelm sees that is kind of like, okay, well, you know what? I'm tired of all this like anarchy. I'm tired of all this fucking destruction, and chaos, and, and going on in my province. So he rallies his like militia of Minhelm. And begins systematically conquering the entire province, city by city, one after another. And along his conquest, he actually ends up claiming one of the Rune Fangs. Now, for Jack, who probably doesn't know what a Rune Fang is, Gerald, uh, let me do check, you make sure he's Let me check make sure he's still alive. And, oh, shit, I just pulled out his arm. Um, and just kind of... Oh, it's plug there and we play. Go. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> just Sorry put it in and put... <laughs> We'll be, I'll, be, I'll bring some hobby glue next time. <laughs> now nah, the the rotting flesh sticks it well, perfectly fine. So for our um, rotting undead companion, Gerald, do you want to try and explain what a rune fang is, if you yourself remember? Okay, so a rune fang was one of the special weapons that Sigmar granted to the 10, 9, 10, 10 tribes that joined him. And was basically the equivalent to like a uh, Valyrian steel sword from Game of Thrones. If our undead friend is familiar with that franchise or basically a very significant and special weapon. That's like an ancestral, an ancestral heirloom, essentially. Yes, exactly. But here's nothing about the swords, about the rune fangs. All of them are like blessed by the dwarves because they're all like dwarven swords. They're all blessed to make it so that if you're wounded by them, you never heal. Like, the wound can never heal. Uh, dwarven engineering at its finest. Like a I god think awful the old... relation. Goodness me. Goodness awful relationship. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think you mean such an awful relationship. <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> so... Yo, I think the only way to like heal a rune fang wound is like with like a miracle from a god or some shit. Like it's some, it's like some, it's some extreme thing that's the only way to heal the wound. But besides the point, um, yeah, these swords were like given to like the chieftains, the kings, the what are the lords of like these individual provinces that Sigmar rallied, and they're basically meant to be like um a badge of office. And it's almost like if you wield the rune fang of Middenland in this example. You are you technically have like the authority to rule Midland. You don't automatically take control like it's a fucking like magic sword or whatever. But it's like it's kind of like the sword of King Arthur. Whoever holds this sword is the rightful heir or the rightful ruler of like this land or whatever. I was gonna ask because like are these each of these rune things like not necessarily coded, but like I don't know connected or magically tied to each of the provinces to where. I don't know, some magical some magical BS goes on, and that's how you're able to, like, you had the Rune Fang of Middenland. If I would suddenly decide to go to Reichland, it just wouldn't work, or am I making any no, sense? No, they, they still work regardless. It's more just, like, each sword is uniquely designed. Like, for example, the you can't can, you cannot confuse the Rune Fang of Middenland with the Rune Fang of Reichland or Averland. Like, they are, they are very, they're each unique swords, like tailored to that region that doesn't mean that like oh if i have midland sword um it doesn't work for me at provinces it's still a fucking rune thing it's still an it's still a dwarven crafted sword 
it's more just like the symbol of it. It's more just the fact that it's a symbol of office. Okay, so that's actually something that they have over the over the Infinity Gauntlet, <laughs> and that's actually pretty true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, part of the reason why? Oh, go ahead. Uh, more not MCU over here. Maybe one day. One day, maybe. It's not that grim enough, though. Maybe, maybe one day we'll cover Marvel Marvel ruins and we'll cover that dumpster fire of a comic. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to get slapped with a lawsuit by Darth Mickey. For those who know, you know. For those who don't know, please, God, don't look at Marvel Ruins. <laughs> okay. the, is that the one where it's like everything that, that could go wrong goes wrong? Yep. Oh, yep. oh, oh yeah. Yep. I've seen the one with Iron Man where it's like, mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's like, I hate that comic. Makes Sad, me times. Sad times. <laughs> so, like I was saying, the sword zone did do anything, or rather, as soon as they do anything, they're still fucking magic swords. The thing is that they—it's more like like you could conquer the entire province, but just could, but if you don't have the sword, it kind of like is a—it's like kind of a sting against your legitimacy kind of thing. Like to go back to the uh, Game of Thrones or like the Song of Voice and Fire series, it's very similar to like when um, Aegon the Unworthy gave Damon Blackfire the sword Blackfire. It's a it's a sword that belongs to the king, but if you give it to someone that isn't the king, it kind of creates this whole power vacuum of like, well, they should be king if you got if you have the king's sword. Like you could be the ruler by all means, but if you don't have the king's sword, it's kind of like a you're kind of kneecapping yourself kind of thing. Mm. I was a king once, but then I gave away my sword. <laughs> hmm, you works. should do that. <laughs> pretty sure I lost my kingship <laughs> you have revoked your king card <laughs> look on the so, back make sure the warranty hasn't expired <laughs> made made in midland damn it <laughs> wait no it wouldn't be midland made in grand cafe oh <laughs> <laughs> you cannot I have nothing that to... joke. That is hilarious. I have nothing to say to that. I'm not quite sure I get that one. I'll tell you. Do you want to explain the joke, or should we just leave it empty? I, I have enough emptiness inside me. I don't think I need another one. <laughs> Grand Cafe is the Asian Empire. Equivalent in Warhammer Fantasy. Oh, I, I was really confused because I thought you were talking about like a restaurant or something. Grand <laughs> <laughs> Cafe does make really good, really good food. So, imagining a sword at a restaurant called Grand Cafe. <laughs> <laughs> this co- this comes with the kids' meal. It's a fucking rune fang. Just uh, okay. And what did you get in your happy meal there, Tommy? Well, is that a sword that's big that's bigger than the entire box? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know, mommy, but it sure looks cool. <laughs> okay, just remember to eat your udon noodles. <sighs> now <laughs> what's funny is that although basically this is where Midland was one of the first provinces to like get its shit together 
is what make is why I'm kind of bringing up why it gets us Runefang, because during this whole like period of un of unrest, a lot of the Runefangs either go missing or are no longer in the hands of the um of the electric of the electric counts, which means like you could be the political leader of a province, but you no longer have like your sword of your or your like badge of office. It's like missing. It's either been stolen. It might be sold in the fucking black market for all you know. It could be stolen by a thief. It it could be missing. It's you know it's. Basically, Midland was the only one to actually get its sword back at this point in time. Well, I was going to say, well, if most of them are gone or missing, then, like, what's the point anymore? <laughs> it's it's more like a rallying cry. Like, it'd be very much like getting, like, I'm assuming everyone here has played Skyrim. Yes. A bit, yeah. Um, It's very similar to, like, when Ulfric Stormcloak sends you on the fetch quest to grab the crown of uh, Windhelm, like that dragon crown. It's very much like, oh, even though like no one has used this crown in like thousands of years, it's it's more of what it's more of what the crown represents than what it actually does. Okay, I get that. Yeah. So basically, Midland was was a very powerful one at this time. However, that does not mean that they are the one who does the most harm in what's going to happen, <laughs> because what happens is this period becomes. Very quickly known as the Age of Wars. This is war. I do not care. Ah, is. is the Age of Wars is technically like the first step. It's like the first phase of the Age of Three Emperors. So like consider it like it's like a season within like the year that is the Age of Three Emperors. <laughs> and now we've circled back around to the whole Warhammer theme. There is only war. Exactly. Now, the thing is, though, is that you would think that the Age of Wars wouldn't have an emperor. But actually, it ends up getting an emperor, which is the reason why there's so much war. So, one of the Elector Counts, the one of Stirland, which if you guys can look at the map, you'll notice it is located uh, fairly close to... Yeah, it's like fairly close to Midland. Not, It's like two provinces over, but close enough. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because it's kind of important. Or rather, these those two provinces are very important to the, to the, what, what to the Age of Three Emperors. Because, okay. Um, yeah, because the, the Elector Count Windhelm, or Wilhelm, uh, becomes the new emperor. And the people of Stirland are very traditional, are very traditional people. Like, very traditional. Um, and because of that, they actually hold very strong like ties and opinions to Sigmar, who is the um, the chief god of, of the empire. He's the chief chief deity. And when Wilhelm becomes the emperor, he doesn't want to be another one of the like emperors that are lost to time. He doesn't want to be, you know, forgotten. He wants to actually fix the empire because he has seen the last two hundred and seven years as like pure anarchy, pure chaos. He wants to. You know, unify the emperor under the empire under a singular idea, under a singular focus. He wants to, you know, he wants to make a change. He has actual hopes and aspirations for the world. I'm assuming you guys know the quote: "The, the road to hell is paved with good intentions." <laughs> I thought it was blood for the blood, God skulls for the skull room, but maybe I'm getting my metaphors mixed up. I mean, chaos is involved at some point, but they're they're more at the far end. This is still the beginning of where shit hits the fan. Hmm. Only the beginning. Yes. That's okay. That's so, okay. Like I said, like I said, let it burn. <laughs> so Wilhelm, 
he kind of like he wants to unify, but because the empire has gone through you know 207 years of just pure chaos and anarchy, he kind of wants to bring them together. He wants to rebuild the empire, but you can't rebuild the empire without money. The coin. This is because if you remember, well, <laughs> if you remember the uh, the Elector Count, the Emperor who was in uh, Middenhelm, uh, kind of bankrupt everyone and at the same time was being super corrupt so you know the empire wasn't exactly a very rich province at this point it wasn't a very rich you know empire because <laughs> they kept on because uh, they kept on raising taxes to pay for their extravagance just to bribe officials so they got to raise taxes to pay off their extravagance so they got to bribe officials and so on and so on and so on exactly <laughs> so you would think you know raising taxes would be a bad idea but you know clearly uh if you don't know history you uh history repeats itself <laughs> but here's the thing Wilhelm decided to tax something that he should not have taxed so remember how I said Sterland is a very traditional people who, who worship who where the worship of Sigmar is very strong uh, a good Sigmar appearing people yes um, because they because they worship I almost said feared Sigmar because they worship Sigmar so much they disregard every other god and every other like church to the other to the other pantheons that included Wilhelm so he decided to raise taxes on all, all the other unorthodox religions in the empire hmm I don't imagine that'll go too well with a bunch of people oh no 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 it was awful horrible horrible idea <laughs> basically if your religion did not worship strictly Sigmar or did not follow Sigmar's tenets to the letter you're you're getting taxed. Like if Sigmar was not the chief god in your pantheon, or he was not the only god in your in your religious pantheon, you were gonna get taxed. Well, in the name of Gringy, I have a double-headed axe that has a few things to say about that. <laughs> I enjoy that. Very good. Now, naturally, this pissed off literally everyone. <laughs> well, I not literally everyone. You're, you're, I mean, you're being awfully calm about this, considering that's a diss to your. Azerman, Azer, Yan, Azer, as ass, ass, ass. Look, they're gone. Okay, they, they, they left. They when they get milk, they said they'd come back sooner or later. Okay, I'm still Ooh. holding out hope. Ooh, I think I struck a nerve there. <laughs> Not bitter. Okay. Okay, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of pettiness and resentful people. <laughs> All of the priests and all of the cults, when I say cult, I don't mean like, oh, we're praying in the woods. Well, I mean, there is praying in the woods, but okay. Don't think, of the, that. don't think of the modern like uh, sigma of cult when I mean cults. Think very much like churches and like actual just general religions. They say cults because that's what they view them as. So just kind of don't, don't conflate well, them. Uh, well, here's the funny thing. Like historically... And that's exactly what a cult was, was just like a gathering, a, a religious gathering. So, like, you know, ancient Greeks and whatnot, like, you, you know, you had the Greek pantheon and everything. So it's just like each gathering to dedicate to a specific Olympian god or whatnot was considered a cult. Yeah, that exactly. Was the original, that was the original intention of it. And it wasn't until, well, <laughs> wasn't until way later before that became conflated into, uh, yeah, we don't talk about that. Yeah, exactly. So, 
like don't don't conflate them. Like I said, imagine them very much like gather like like Joe was saying, like ga- gatherings of just really of a religious belief. Now, here's the thing: the cult of Ulrich, which was the um, to explain best, it was basically like this was the this was the cult that Sigmar himself was part of. Like he literally worshipped the god Ulrich until like he became a god himself. Now, because the god Ulrich and the cult of Ulrich predated Sigmar. They did not like being taxed on on by the people the people who worshipped Sigmar, because they believed oh because Sigmar himself worshipped our cult, we should be even above you guys. Like we should be above the cult of Sigmar's taxes and whatever. That's a bold claim. Oh, it was very much a bold claim to the point that the Aulik, who is the um, he's basically the Pope of the cult of Ulrich. That's the best way to put him. Except imagine like a wolf priest, like a okay. wolf pope. <laughs> um, he straight Maybe up like, be proud. yeah, <laughs> he like he denounced the, like he denounced Wilhelm's emperorship. Like he's like it was strip. I do not recognize you as the emperor. You are not my emperor. I'm sure that won't come back to bite him in the tail. I mean, no, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> now the thing is, is that you might think, oh, well, those will do something against them. The thing is. The cult of Ulrich was very strong and specifically very prominent in the province of Middenland, which, like I said, they have they have their ancestral sword again, which means that I don't want to say they have more power than the emperor, but it's very much like I don't want to say they're independent, but it's very much like, who are you to say what we can do in our province when you don't even have the ancestral sword kind of thing? So kind of like how uh, taking this back to the Game of Thrones references because well, we know Game of Thrones is awesome. But anyways, how Tywin Lannister, Hand of the King, was the richest man in Westeros. So basically, he had like pretty much all the power in the Seven Kingdoms. So it was just like he basically had blank check to do whatever the fuck he wanted. Pretty similar, yeah. Except instead of like a blank check, it was very it was more just like political weight to throw around. Uh, I should, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, I was trying to clarify, but yeah, obviously. <laughs> Again, this is bad, but it gets worse because obviously, this is Warhammer. It always gets worse. Yes. Um. So, the province of Talabakland, which, for geography, for like a geography reference, is positioned right between uh, Sterland. And Midland, it's literally like sandwiched between the, those two provinces. Okay. And this province will become very important right away. Because the Elector Count of Ottilia, she was literally the runner-up to Wilhelm. Like, she was, like, second place to him. Like, while everyone was casting their votes for who they want the next elector, the next emperor to be, she was right behind him. And the only reason why she didn't win is because the cult of Sigmar at this point had... I don't want to say carte blanche, but they could let they they basically had a vote. Like originally, it was just the elector counts, just the provincial governors who could vote amongst themselves. But because of like political reasoning, uh, the church was able to vote as well, and because of their votes, they were able to make Wilhelm the emperor and not Attilia. So <laughs> she was naturally resentful that she couldn't become the empress, but she got even more upset because she herself actually worships Ulrich. Ooh, yeah, I can see that not going so well. Yeah, yeah. 
you further add salt to the wound, Talabaklan and Sterland, during like those 270 years, they were like big rivals. Remember how I was saying like, oh, my province might attack your province to like take a city or two or like to push our borders? Yeah. That's basically what they would do. That's what these two provinces were constantly doing to one another during those 270 years of like political unrest. All right. So, you know, you can you can kind of guess that this is very much like a bunch of like just badness all being thrown into like one giant pot of not okay. <laughs> so, you know, things are things are not going great. So she's, you know, very much upset. To the point that she actually like politic like publicly announces that Sigmar is not a god she recognizes. I reject your reality and substitute my own. Let that sink in. A political official ship says that the official religion of the empire, that the god of that religion is not a god she recognizes. Yikes. Yeah. So that's yeah. Like, that's ahead. like being a cardinal in the Catholic Church and not recognizing you know, the god of the Catholic Church. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, though, like I said, a lot of people among the empire were also people who worshipped other gods, or rather, they worshipped all the gods that, like, Sigmar was included among their pantheons, but he wasn't the primary god, the chief god, or, like, the only god. But they were still being shafted because mm-hmm. Sigmar was not given, like, the primary role in their respective cults. And this is still, this is in the same time frame where any gods that aren't, or any cults that don't worship Sigmar are being taxed, yes. Okay. Yeah, like for reference, um, the second, like, Windhelm was elected within, like, a few years of being elected, that's when he promote. that's when he did the whole, okay, any god, any religion, any cult that isn't worshipping strictly Sigmar, or any cult where Sigmar is not the primary god, the chief god of that pantheon, you're getting taxed. And she was, like, right, she was a runner-up to that, to that election where Windhelm was, the, was made the emperor. Mm. Yeah, so Mm-mm-mm. once, yeah, so she's bitter to losing the election. She's bitter to um, her cult being taxed or to her god being taxed. And she's also bitter to like the fact that it was literally the cult of Sigmar literally got the emperor in power. I was going to say, it sounds like this woman is so bitter. Coffee beans go for light. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Who could know. blame her, though? <laughs> I mean, I don't blame her. Like. The thing is that what I like about Warhammer is everyone could be considered like the good guy in this section. Like Wilhelm, he's raising taxes because he wants to use the money to rebuild the empire because they've gone through 207 years of just anarchy and not okayness. But man, so poor wants... execution. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Ottilia, she's very religious to her god and she does not like it. Like both these people have their reasons for what they want to do. They both have very strong opinions and very strong reasonings. You could see both of them in the right in their respective way. But now this makes me want to know what she does to pave the way to hell with good intentions. Well, she basically become because of her political renouncement of Sigmar, she's considered I don't want to say a martyr. What would be the what would be the word? Um it's not a political activist. It's someone who says something controversial, but it's like, oh, she says something controversial, but it's like it rallies people to her. I don't know the. Um, I don't. I, I don't want head? to say martyr. On the negative it, section, I guess uh, disruptor. If you look at yeah, it from she, a negative head. Yeah, I guess mm-hmm. you consider a disruptor to everyone else. I don't know what the positive connotation would be though. I want to say political activist, the closest thing I can think of. But yeah, she was basically seen as like, oh, she says something controversial yet so true, like you know the meme. 
And she was actually sought after by the cult of Ulrich to like be her spoke to basically be their spokesperson. Like, oh, you said something that like promotes us. Like, how thank you so much for being in our corner. Like, no one else is willing to stand to Wilhelm except you. Thank you. But it wasn't just the cult of uh, Ulrich who supported her. The cult of Tal and Rhea, who are the gods of fertility and the hunt, respectively. They also go to her because, again, she's almost seen as, like, again, we don't know the word. Like, she's basically seen almost like a, as a protector is the best way to put it. Like, someone who will fight for the other for the other religions, for the other gods. As someone who can defend them against, effectively, what they would consider a, a tyrant who is enforcing his control over them. Freedom fighter? I guess. I guess that'd be a good way to put it. I mean, yes. I mean, th- this is going to bother me all night that I can't find the word for it. Yeah, like like I said, the, for me, the best way to put. Oh, go ahead. Underdog. I guess. Yes, <laughs> like maybe. for anyone who knows the word, please tell us because we're stupid and we do not know. Yep, we're just a silly elf dwarf and undead knight here. Yes, but in in his defense, he kind of doesn't have a brain; he's just bones. I don't know what our excuse is though. <laughs> <laughs> too much warp stone in your case. Too much ale in my case. <clears throat> <laughs> so regardless <laughs> get him more ale <laughs> oh laddie, there's always more ale oh god he's switching press eyes on me again uh, now you go snort the warp stone I got a barmaid I need to have a chat with <laughs> hang on wait till I'm done my story then I don't care what you do with the barmaid oh fine <laughs> so this I don't want to say a power trip goes through her head because it's not a power trip, but kind of is. Because since she renounces um, Sigmar worship, she basically says that the only worship that is allowed within Talabakland, basically any religion is allowed within Talabakland except Sigmar. Like Sigmar worship, banned within Talabakland's borders. Every other religion is t- totally allowed. So That's she's kind of like pulling her. So she's kind of like pulling her reverse. Nah, no, nah, I can't think of the word. <laughs> Not anti-religious, like anti-specific okay. religion. Sure, we'll go with that. Okay, okay, <laughs> listeners, that's another that's another word to, for y'all to look up because we're dumb. <laughs> so now I don't want to say she allowed this, but she did kind of say anyone who worships Sigmar within our borders should be considered heretics and treated as such. So it's kind of like that classic. She didn't technically say to do it, but she also didn't say not to do it. Yeah. And the Ar Ulik, who is, like I said, the Pope, the Wolf Pope, he actually ta- he actually relocates because, like I said, he lives he there. The, the cult set up in Midland. They actually relocate to Talabakland because of how supportive they are of Oli- of Attilia. Like that's how okay. much support they're willing to throw in her corner. But they also bring. The most, the most like militaristic and the most like extreme members with them naturally, as you do, uh, as you yeah, do. obviously, and they basically start witch hunting Sigmar worshippers. Oh no! Um, <laughs> they start, they start doing really bad things to people who worship Sigmar, um, and they also ransack and desecrate the temples of Sigmar. Are they burning two-tailed comets in, in uh, fields and wearing suspiciously uh, suspicious hats? 
Um, they're 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 uh, okay. To say they do a lot of horrible things is an understatement. <laughs> but Biggest understatement ever. Yeah. Um, and they basically view it as if you worship Sigmar, you're basically no longer human. Hey, I resent that. <laughs> as a non-human, I resent that. How dare you lump me in with those heretics? Don't make me get short with you now. <laughs> nah, no. No, is now this gets worse though, as it naturally does, because Attilia renounces uh Wilhelm's authority and basically declares that he earned his position through bribery, deception, and obviously through the Church of Sigmar literally being in his pocket, or rather him being in their pocket. Again, they're in each other's him. pockets. Yeah. Wink wink. <laughs> She's not wrong. Like I said, she like most of the time the ele- the emperor is elected through fucking bribery and lies and someone being in their corner. So she could one hundred percent be correct. Like he probably did get his position through simple deception and trickery. So she views herself as like I am the rightful heir. I got the I was second I was like second place, but I only lost because you had the fucking church in your corner. So she literally renounces his authority and declares that Talabaklan will be independent. It will literally secede from the empire to add extra salt in the wound in, uh, what's Stir, what's, what's it called? Stirland, I believe is Stir, Talabaklan is Talabak, Talahelm. Yeah, Talahelm. The capital of Talahem, she literally is crowned in the capital by both priests of Ulrich and Tal. Like they both place a crown on her head, and she's declared the Empress of the Empire. I'm wondering how Which, the logistics of wearing two crowns actually works. It's just like, can one? Um, it's a crown made by both of them. Basically, both the two priests, like the two priests, work together to make a crown that represents both of their respective gods, and they put one crown on her head. Ooh, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah. So, like, Ulrich is, like, the god of wolves. Tal is the god of harvest, of the hunt, I believe. So, it could be, like, a very... So, I the, the crown's never described, but you could imagine, like, you combine the gods of, like, the hunt and, like, fucking wolves and, like, war and bullshit. And it creates this really just amazing crown of awesomeness. That's kind of cool. Makes yeah. you think of, like, the uh, OG, like, pharaoh, crown of the pharaohs. Because like, because cool. because like in history, the Egypt was like split into two parts, and they each had their own separate crown for their separate king. Well, once Egypt actually unified, all they did was just combine the two crowns, and now that's what you actually see on the hieroglyphs and then the sarcophagus and all that stuff. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Fun fact. Mm. So I was gonna say, our undead friends should know about this. This is his culture. <laughs> Are you alive over there? Oh wait, too soon. I, I died like three weeks ago. I, I'm still learning. <laughs> I'm still learning how to breathe without lungs. <laughs> Wait, how do I breathe? How do I breathe? The worms with lungs? do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, following the age of wars, be and predating the the war or the age of three emperors is the age of two emperors. <laughs> Mm. Now, when I say the Empire split in two, that's not truly correct. That's kind of a misnomer because the problem because it's more Talabakland has has seceded from the Empire, whereas the mm-hmm. rest of like the rest of the, the Empire still I don't want to say it's unified because 
Wilhelm's kind of fucking everyone up and making everyone mad at him. At him. Because I'm looking at the map here, and it's like, Telebacklin looks like it's like kind of like in the middle, so it'd essentially be fighting two fronts if the Empire was unified. Yeah. Like, the Empire is doing Telebacklin's job for them, and you know, being too much uh, too... Uh, shit, what's the one I'm thinking of? Disunified? Yes, yes. Yeah. Sorry, I'm still sipping some of Mark's Van Rizian ale. Good, the good stuff, you know? <laughs> That's fair. The thing is that upon hearing that, oh, Artelia has, you know, crowned herself empress. Well, you know what? I have, like, all the other provinces on my side. I'll just unite an army and just attack Telebacalan, which would naturally make sense. The problem yes. is, Artelia is a very talented commander, whereas Wilhelm is... Okay, he's not a bad commander by any stretch of means, but despite the fact that his army outnumbered hers by, I think it was like three or four to one, she still won by an insane margin. <laughs> we won, by the way. Like, I don't mean like, oh, it, like, I don't mean like, oh, despite being outnumbered four to one, she still, like, it was, it wasn't even, no, I mean, it was considered a humiliating defeat on the part of Wilhelm's forces. Dude just got bodied. Yeah. <laughs> now, not only is that bad because he's the emperor, everyone's going to be like, oh, the emperor lost the fight. No, he was uniting the forces of several provinces together alongside his own. So not only did he lose humiliatingly, but he also ended up causing other provinces to lose parts of their arm of their standing army. Wow. Yeah. How, 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 did those two ever actually fight, like meet on the battle or whatnot? Um, I believe they're both commanding their individual armies from a distance. I can imagine after just like after the humiliated loss, it's just she walks up to him, he's just on his knees begging for his life, and she just goes, Pathetic. <laughs> good meme, good meme. Because we love bringing meme, old memes back up. Indeed. Now, because she wins this, it actually causes a lot of the other like promises. They don't secede, they don't secede officially. But they do start pulling support away from Wilhelm. Like, they pay their taxes, but they pay less than they should. They're providing less forces when he calls to them. They're, you know, they're not, they're not rebelling, but they're definitely not giving him what he's owed. Civil disobedience. Yep. Now, you can't see on the map, and the reason why is because it no longer exists. There is another province called Drakweld. And that is actually the province where um, the previous uh, emperors, like the ones who were really corrupt, originated from. They relocated to Middenland when they became emperors. So technically, like I said, Middenland did do something wrong because they had the emperor, but the emperor, the corrupt line of emperors came from Drakenwald. The reason why Drakenwald doesn't exist is because during like this this conflict between uh, Stirland and Talbakland, uh, Middenland basically took advantage of the political unrest to literally consume Drakenwald because no one could stop them because all the everyone is busy trying to deal with Otilia. Let's see, that province is in fighting. That province is in fighting. Ooh, I got a weak little, weak little province here. Yum. Yes, I should also I should also mention that uh, Drakenwald was attacked by both Middenland and Nordland. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Most of his vengeance for having a, a line of corrupt emperors come from that province. <laughs> yeah. Ah, again, this just proves that 
even in 40k, the Imperium is its own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you think the War of Two Emperors ends? There can be only one. Um, no, they both die. Oh, there can be only none. <laughs> because, um, what happens is I believe they go to Midland. I think that's where they go. Um, they got they both basically it's meant to be like a peace. It's meant to be like they've been go they've been at war with each other for years at this point. For reference, and so like, okay, you know let's let's form a peace treaty. Let's try to like form some form of like succession. We'll we'll marry our houses. We'll do something that like end this civil war because it's obviously getting bad at this point. So the emperor and empress are to meet. I believe again, I believe it's in Middenhelm, which is the the capital of Mid of Midland, and they're they're gathering there to you know have a peace treaty, whatever, discuss it. The problem is, is that during this discussion, which quickly devolves into an argument, the two, you know, two leaders are constantly arguing with each other, blah, 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 they're fighting, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, This is where something bad happens, namely a coordinate invasion. (laughs) All right. Yeah, skulls for the skull throne, blood for the blood god. I was right. (laughs) It was paid with skulls for the skull throne. (laughs) Imagine... Imagine, you know, a UN Senate meeting, but out of nowhere, like, Kabunda or, like, a bloodthirster fucking drops out of the ceiling and starts murdering everyone. Smiles upon us. Naturally, it's not great. No, no. Not good for the liver, either. So, while they die, the thing is that they managed to defeat the, they managed to defeat the bloodthirster in, like, the Cornean invasion, but, like, the meeting hall is destroyed, and there's I don't want to say there's no evidence, but there's mostly just like hearsay and rumor of what happened at, at this like Senate meeting. And this ends up causing Sterland and Telebackline to quickly start to like hear the worst possible rumor imaginable, like the worst version of the story, as well as like hearing, oh, our, our emperor or our leader is dead. And it's because of them who did it. Like they killed our emperor, they killed our leader or whatever. Whatever happens, because if there's anything corn likes, it's more war. <laughs> so, this begins what is called the Ottilian Dynasty. So, over Talabakland, um, I believe it's Ottilia's son. She becomes the new emperor of Talabakland. As for the rest of the empire, they've lost their emperor, which means they are forced to elect a new one. The problem is that the Empire is obviously divided at this point. So they can't properly decide on who the new Emperor is going to be, and they just continue to argue with each other over who should be the new one. Which also causes the Artillian Dynasty, which is what Telebackland eventually becomes, to actually gain more supporters, not officially. Like, none of the provinces, like, join them, but they have, like, supporters among all of the provinces, basically, who are feeding them, like, money, who are feeding them troops, who are feeding them like anything to like help them in this like endeavor. Now, would you believe me if I said that this period of civil war lasted another two hundred years? <sighs> what was it, Gerald? You're kind of cutting out on me. Oh, I can't hear you, Gerald. His larynx has been sucked into the warp. Oh no, I mentioned corn and now he's been swallowed up. Okay, hello? I can hear you. Okay, sorry, the uh, 
then Resident Evil was starting to kick in there. <clears throat> Anyways. <laughs> Last load speech. I already forgot what I was going to say. So continue <laughs> on. It'll come back to me eventually. Okay. So the Age of Two Emperors lasts a good 200 more years. And like I said, uh, Telebacklin, the Atelian dynasty is getting supporters across the entire empire with different empi- with different emperors being elected from all the provinces. But again, there's kind of a point where this war is kind of dragging on and kind of people just want it to end almost. The problem is when people want it to end, they kind of want their side to win. So this kind of just, it becomes, it almost becomes a stalemate, but it kind of becomes... A losing stalemate. Yeah, for, for everyone involved. Now, this actually causes, like, it actually causes, like, like I said, the provinces don't officially change sides, but they begin pulling support from, from like, one side to another. And it's, like, it's very, like, on the flip of a coin almost. Like, you might have a province that supports Stirland one one year, and then suddenly the next they switch and support Telebacklan and the Otilian dynasty. Like, it's very flip-flopping. Ooh, Fairweather provinces. I hate those. <laughs> so, this is bad for everyone involved. But it gets worse, obviously, because it always does. How could it possibly get worse? Ah, you done screwed up there. You had to ask. Um, <laughs> so, remember the cult of Ulrich, how they were super supportive of the Attilian dynasty? <laughs> yes. Well, they were still super supportive. The problem is that people within uh, the Empire, and especially in the Otilian dynasty of Telebackland, were starting to support the cult of Ulrich more than they were supporting the actual Emperor or Empress of Telebackland. Mm. Which naturally mm. upset the uh, the Emperor of Telebackland. Um, because... Yes, it would. Yeah, uh, because the cult of Ulrich was getting not only support... But they had a mass amount of like influence and power to the point that they actually had the a faith militant, like a militant branch of the of the church. <laughs> um, mm. Again, go back to Game of Thrones. We know that's not a good thing. Yeah, churches and militant branches don't go too don't don't go too well together. Yeah. Well, for the, well for them maybe, but not for everyone else. No, exactly. Now to deal with this as the emperor or the empress at this time, I'm not sure who is the emperor or empress at this time. Um, they basically enact a number of laws to limit the amount of power that the uh, that the churches or the cults have within the empire, which you remember is what caused this entire fucking mistake in the first place. Yep, yep, and we've come around full circle. Yeah, um, this strip leads to the cult of Ulrich literally abandoning Telebacklands. <laughs> oh, like, man. yeah, they strip abandon it and. Basically, return back to Middenland. Um, you want to give me one second? I have to go to the bathroom fest. Please stand by. Okay, there you go. Okay. So, you know, they return to Middenland, which, you know, that's, that's their ancestral home. They're going to go back to Middenland. Now, at around this time, right around when the Attilian uh, dynasty is kind of relieving power from the uh from the cult from the cult of Ulrich. At the same time, I believe it's in Penal, I believe it is. Um there's a new electoral there's a new election for the next emperor. 
the previous one died in an event again in a failed battle again trying to take Telebackland. It's a common thing where basically you can't you can't take Telebackland. It's just not worth it. You can't you can't properly invade. You constantly keep losing. So mm-hmm. they're trying to get a new em- they're trying to elect a new emperor. Now this younger man named Siegfried, he comes from Midland, and he's he's very starry eyed is the best way to put it. He's very much like okay, well you know what. I will I'll elect myself to become emperor. I will nominate myself to become the emperor. I will so well for the last few dozen folks that tried that. Well, I don't want to say it was like a one-sided defeat against Solid Backline, because they would they did they would take ground. It was more just like how is the entire empire losing to a single province kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Like how are they still failing to retake the province? Because <laughs> the only thing that can defeat the empire is the empire. Pretty much. So Siegfried's gonna nominate himself. He's like, you know what? I will nominate myself, become the emperor, and I'll just I'll bring I'll bring everyone together. Like he, I don't want to understate how starry-eyed he is, and he's I don't want to say I don't want to say he's naive. It's more that he's hopeful. So he's very much like, you know what? I will do it because he believes in diplomacy, in democracy, and he believes that just the very honor itself, like just honor itself, will carry him to victory. He's very much like a Ned Stark because it's. We're making a lot of uh, Song of Ice and Fire references today. I don't know why. I was just about to say, oh, sweet summer child. Yeah. It's, it's again, It's he's very much like, I believe in democracy, in diplomacy, and I believe that honor and faith will carry us to the day of victory. My loyalty is to the Republic, to democracy. <laughs> See, there, there's, an, there's another reference for you. Or oh, a, good. a different franchise that. reference. <laughs> um, here's the thing, though. <laughs> Um, speaking of Star Wars, remember uh, remember Anakin's line to Padme, where if they can't agree, they should be made to agree. Yes. Um, so Siegfried goes null to you know to the elections where all the emperor, where all the provinces are gathering to elect the new emperor, and you know they're all like he's noticing there's only a few like uh, a, a, a few counts who are electing themselves, and he's like, you know what, I will because he's the elector count of Midland. He's there. Gov- he's a provincial governor. He's like, you know what? I'll elect myself as governor. So he's going to the podium to like put his name in the like to put his name out of there. It's like, oh, I'm nominating myself for position of the emperor. The moment he steps onto the podium, the the grand thermaturgist, who is basically the pope of the cult of Sigmar, uh, points a crossbow at him. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> and he immediately sits down. It's at that point that he realizes very quickly that no one else is going up to the podium, that the only people who put their names up to the podium were people that the Grand Thermaturgist allowed to go up there. He also starts noticing, he, start, he kind of puts it together, that it doesn't matter who you vote for out of the elector counts, because whoever gets elected is going to be in the pocket of the Grand Thermaturgist. So, history lesson again. In the Holy Roman Empire, there was a common saying. Your vote doesn't count. Your count votes for you. That, that sounds about right. Yep. And adding to the corporate wants you to find the difference between these two pictures, between Empire Man and Holy Roman Empire, they're the same picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. So realizing this, he doesn't even cast his vote. Like he doesn't even like vote for an em- for someone to be the emperor. He just abstains from it, which is an option you have. 
Like it isn't like oh, it isn't a big thing if he abstains. It's almost was... sad because he thought that by abstaining from the vote, he was like he was proving a point. Because again, oh sweet summer child. Yeah, he, like I don't want to say he's naive. He's very hopeful, but he he overest he doesn't he underestimates the sheer like political machinations at work here. <laughs> mm. So he returns to Middenland, and in his rage and bitterness, he <laughs> he offers the cult of Ulrich a place by his side because they've already been dejected from uh, Talabakland, and the rest of the empire doesn't exactly want isn't exactly open to other religions, especially if this entire event took place because of a fucking religious war. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you know what? I will offer. The call to Woolwick, a place on my side. This is their ancestral home anyway. They'll come back to me because Midland is a very traditional place as well, but more, but much older, and that they worship Ulrich more than Sigmar. So he calls them back. Now, when he comes back, because he has the ancestral sword, he has the call of Ulrich backing him, and he's full of fucking bitterness. What do you think happens with our good friend Siegfried here? Hmm. Um, I'm drawing up a blank right now. Shit, mine. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jack? What do you think? Uh, what do you think of our of our friend Siegfried here? What do you think he does? Let me knock on his head. Really executed. <laughs> he is crowned also emperor. Ah, he is crowned the first wolf emperor. All right, I like his style. So this is the official beginning of the Age of Three Emperors. Oh, so all this was just the setup for the setup for the setup. Yep, this is where the Three Emperors officially begins. So the reference, it's all a fucking religious mess. <laughs> Which I find hilarious because it's like the Call of Uruk leaves, supports someone, they lose support, supports someone else, and now there's three emperors that are all fighting for who knows what reasons now. We'll get we'll get a province to support us one day. One day. <laughs> now this is where it gets really funny because all all of these provinces, like all, like Talbakland, Midland, and uh, Sterland, they all claim to be like the main province of the empire, but officially, all three of them are independent, and all the other provinces are technically are technically the empire now. <laughs> so this really is like War of the Five Kings. No wonder we're making all these Game of Thrones references. <laughs> Yeah, in my notes, it literally I, says, in my notes, it literally says War of the Five Kings, question mark. <laughs> See, we're on the same wavelength here. Yep. <laughs> kind of makes me wonder if George R. Martin didn't take a few notes from Warhammer Fantasy. Um, Probably. George R. R. Martin, you hack! <laughs> I mean, given everything we've mentioned with the fucking creeping snow and everything, it's it's pretty accurate. Yep. Darn it. Why do you have to hack GW like that? Actually, no, 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 no. Love, love your work, George R. Martin. Please finish Winds of Winter. Please, please, please. <laughs> don't don't delay it by another 10 years, please. Please don't. Please don't kill another Stark either. I mean, what's left for him to kill? <laughs> but don't you know, every time we, every time someone asks, he kills another Stark. <laughs> so stop asking about it! <laughs> <laughs> so, if it wasn't obvious... The Empire is what we like to call in the business a broken mess. <laughs> a broken mess is putting it lightly. <laughs> yeah. Um, to the point that like all the provinces that are, like I said, a fish part of the Empire, 
They're basically not. <laughs> the Empire is now basically just the province of Reichland, like officially. <laughs> <laughs> All the other provinces are like flip-flopping between whether or not they're part of the Empire officially or if they're part of like any of the three like branch empires. <laughs> to the point yes. that the map oh go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say this is making me think of another Holy Roman Empire joke. <laughs> To the point that, like, if you look at the map that I'm sending right now, it's basically just Reichland surrounded by three separate empires. You've got mail. Yep, that tracks. <laughs> like, Reichland just by itself, and then you have the fucking one empire, two empire, three empires <laughs> by itself. <laughs> Okay, so back to the Holy Roman Empire joke. There was basically a saying where it wasn't holy, it wasn't Roman, and it sure as hell wasn't an empire, but it was the. <laughs> that pretty much sounds like the Empire of Man. Yes. Um, but this is where it gets even more topical. Because how did the Holy Roman Empire fall? Well, there's a lot of reasons. But one of the a lot was- of reasons. Okay, what what was what was one of the reasons that was not internally based? Wasn't it Napoleon? I don't think it was Napoleon. Well, yeah, Napoleon was an outside source, was he not? Yes, he was an outside source. Isn't Good Napoleon now. like seventeen hundreds? Yes, but Holy Roman Empire kind of chugged along for a good while. I can't remember when specifically. It just kind of went, but really, oh, well, let me, okay. Let's consult split. Google here. <laughs> Here, you know what? I'll just I'll just answer the question for you because we're just walking in circles at this point. I feel like Napoleon is too late. <laughs> it was outside invaders. <laughs> because as you know, the Holy Roman Empire, or rather the for short, was assaulted <laughs> by barbarians on its borders. So yeah, kind of like Rome. <laughs> indeed. Um, so this space, there's a lot of ages until we get like all these, all these count as part of the age of three emperors, but this age within the age of three emperors is called the dark age. As if everything else before wasn't already a dark age. No, because this is where things get worse. (laughs) Worse. (laughs) Because like I said, not only are all the provinces flip-flopping between being part of the Empire originally, which is Reichland at this point, being part of one of the three branch empires, or just being left completely independent at this point. <laughs> so, And quick quick sidebar, the very last home of Roman Emperor was Francis II, who reigned from 1792 to 1806. Booyah! Napoleon, baby. That's fucking wild. <laughs> okay. Continue. <laughs> That's actually pretty wild. But, um, yeah. So, basically, sorry, I got distracted by the fact that the Holy Roman Empire lasted so fucking long. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like I said, basically, you have, if you're a province that isn't Reichland, or Talbotland, or Midland, or Stirland, your choices are, join one of those empires, or become independent. Or die. Yes, or die. Or sometimes um, all three, and not, not necessarily yeah. in the same order. <laughs> yes. So naturally, all these ones are are going to war with each other, basically, because they're independent or they're at fucking war with everyone else. The thing is, though, is that while the Empire was, you know, chugging along super good, was basically, like, uncontested for so long, 
this is where basically everyone sees them as like a crippled horse in the race. <laughs> um, so to the east of the Empire, you'll see a place called the Border Princes. Um, these are basically mercenaries, and like I mentioned before, they're similar to like Cadians in that they keep orcs and bullshit out. They basically mm-hmm. become mercenaries to everyone, mostly Averland though. Basically, Averland hires them like by the shitloads. Like even often, even going so far as to like offer them like territory and land, and like use them to like help. Um, so you know the border princes are getting involved in this, which is you know kind of cool for them, I guess. But they're they're mostly just soul swords. Also, do you remember how Sigmar, uh, you know, kind of uh, took care of all the orcs and all the beastmen? Yes, by becoming um, the Warhammer fantasy. Yeah, uh, they're back because um, the Empire is kind of too busy fighting itself to deal with the orcs and the beastmen. Ah, uh, darn it. This is where it gets even funnier, though. Well, depends on who you ask. If you're the orcs, it's fucking hilarious. Um, the dwarves want revenge on the Empire. It's definitely hilarious. Oh, the dwarves are also involved. <laughs> oh, do tell more. Oh, they're, well, they're more just like taking back land that was stolen from them. They're not invading the Empire. They're more just like getting yes. vengeance by taking back land that was taken from them. Oh, that's perfectly but, fine. <laughs> but oh, like, yeah. like I said before, um, let it burn. They also don't stop the orcs because um, remember how uh, the the border princes were basically being pulled away from like, you know, their lands to help in this uh, clusterfuck of a war? Indeed. Uh, that basically meant that the people guarding the uh, passageway between where the orcs come from and the empire was basically less defended. And because the dwarves um, didn't exactly care about the Empire at this point, they kind of didn't stop them. So the orcs kind of just trudged their way in. <laughs> basically uncontested. Well, considering considering the Empire basically broke the alliance with the dwarves, it's just like, it's just like I'm not going to hurt you, but I'm not going to save you either. I don't have to save you. I don't have to save you. <sighs> now, why this is funny is because after this happens, because the Empire doesn't doesn't get help, basically, from the Empire to stop them, or rather doesn't get help to uh, keep the uh, to keep the orcs out. The orcs basically uncontested invade the Empire, mostly in uh, what's called um Soland. And when I mean they invade Soland, I mean they ransack it um and kill like so many people and I should also mention at this point that people, the Electric Hand of Soline did find uh, the Rune Fang, only to end up losing it to the orcs who took it and stole it with themselves. Oh, sad day. Yep. Quick, fast, middle land gets divided. Westerland kind of threatens to secede, almost secedes, and then eventually does secede. I'm kind of. These, these are basically bullet points because. Um, this uh, this period of time is similar to the to the Horus Heresy where there's like there's big events, but they don't fully go into them. So I'm kind yeah. of just yeah, I'm kind of putting them down so you guys know that these things do happen. There isn't a timeline of when they do, but yeah, Westerland does threaten to secede. Eventually, does secede in the future. Um, Soulland is invaded by the orcs. Their electric hand is killed, and his legendary rune thing stolen. Our buddy, our uh, skeleton friend over here, um person responsible for his creation, Nagash, resurrects himself for a single night. Like, for literally like 20, 12 hours, he resurrects himself from the, back from the dead. And every single dead body across the Empire also comes back to life with him. 
Oh my, that's like Night King on steroids. Yeah. Um, and it only lasts like twelve hours. So like only for twelve hours are these zombies raised from the dead. But you can imagine there's a fuck ton of these. What the heck kind of Cinderella bullshit did he pull? Only twelve hours? I don't know. By the um, both stroke of midnight, they will all die again. <laughs> I should also mention Nordland also starts is also like seeing like the worst amount of invaders, like uh raiders from the north, from Norska. Because like they do occasionally get invaded. But the thing is that to invade uh, Nordland, you have to cross the Sea of Claws, which is like a, a turbulent, like stormy sea. Like they can do it, they just don't like doing it. But the, like the raids in Nordland are getting progressively worse and worse. And because the war in the Empire is so close to the center, a lot of Nordland forces are forced to leave their province to like fight everyone else. Mm. Wait a minute, I thought uh, um, Glorious Mother Kislev was supposed to be like that buffer. Um, the if they if they go by land, if they go by land, if they cross by the ocean, then it's a different story. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they just don't like crossing the ocean because again, it's a very stormy sea. Mm. Like, ba- okay. yeah, it's basically like, oh, we can cross the ocean, but there's a good chance a lot of uh, some of our longships will die. Where, or we can cross through Keys, like fight our way through Keyslev to get into the Empire. Mm-hmm. Or is Key, or yeah. did, or does Keyslev kind of pull like what the dwarves is says? Well, I don't have to save you. Well, the thing is that they can't. Even if they don't have to save them, they still have to like. Like this is if they go by land. That's what I mean. Like if okay. like if, if yeah, if Norska invades by land, they have to cut through Kislev, which means they're gonna like raid Kislev anyway. So they have to defend them. They have to defend themselves at the very least. Uh, Whereas, yeah, I was gonna because I was gonna say with what we talked about in the last episode, where basically they built the wall and made the Kislevs pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be a little salty about about it and just oh, be they, like, they are salty. Yeah, you they can are cross salty. over. They're salty. They're friends, but they're 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 they're, pre- they're pretty salty. So salty, even the Dead Sea is considered low sodium. Oh my god! So you know this is not a great time, but again, it gets fucking worse. Well, better ask that question. Well, because, how could um, it get worse? So if you notice the map I posted again, the, the final map I posted, um, you'll notice yes. that there's, a, there's there's another province that just suddenly sprung up out of nowhere on the map. That's all black. Mm, black. It says uh, Sylvania. Now, Sylvania. Wait a minute. Can you Wait guess the minute. theme of Sylvania? Wait a minute. I don't want to. So on top of, you know, the night of the restless dead, which is where zombies raise for 24 hours or raise for 12 hours. Um, the ever increasing amount of um, raiders from, from Norska, the orcs that are invading uh, the empire from the east, Bretonia, which is also invading to a point, the Boar Prince's sellsword mercenaries, who are also kind of invading technically. You also have an event called the Vampire Wars. Where it's revealed that Sylvania, the the province, it's technically a sub-province of the empire. Turns out every single one of the nobles and um the kind like the dukes and whatever, every single one of them is a vampire. Ah, oh, damn it. Hey bartender, put some garlic in my next pint, please. So do you see why this is called a dark age? <laughs> it is definitely dark and it is definitely an age. Um now Remember I said there was basically four empires at this point? You know, they have 
Midland, Hellbackland, and Sterland, and Reichland. Um, so it was called the Age of Three Emperors, but it's technically like four different empires. <laughs> yep. Because um, GW you can, and their... you, can basically, you can basically call this point, the Dark Age, the, the Age of Many Empires, uh, the Age of Many Emperors, or the Age of No Emperors. Because basically every single province has now officially like broken apart from the Empire. It no longer exists, basically. <laughs> ISIS from the Empire. No, ISIS from the Empire. What Empire? <laughs> <laughs> now <laughs> I don't I, I don't fully comprehend how the Empire survives well they rally under a descendant of Sigmar but spoiler alert I'll, I'll get to it when I get to it he's named after my favorite character Warhammer 40k um, <laughs> basically the Empire is being it's being fisted and cut and stabbed and just fucking wrecked. Like the Empire is, is being kicked while it's while it's dying on the ground at this point. And it's just getting bodied left and right and center and just mm, sideways and slunk ways. Um I should also mention ogres also invade. Um and so do dark elf pirates. <laughs> Does Malekith um, make an appearance? Does your favorite elf make an appearance? Oh definitely he tries to invade with one. Okay, does he try to invade the Empire? No, he does send pirates over there to prevent the Empire from supporting Uthwan, which I don't fucking know why the Empire would try to help Uthwan right now because they're kind of, you know, getting punished and kicked by everyone else. Oh, one more thing. Um, Norland basically gets invaded by demons. As you do. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Middenland that also has, or it's Middenhelm, like the, the capital of Middenland. Um, basically becomes like overtaken by demons like there are demons like walking the streets and murdering everyone well then does it specify yep. which chaos faction um, it's all of them it's good? all of oh, them just, just all of them okay yep Unrighted. Um, yeah eventually uh magnus the pious who is named as my favorite character magnus the red um he's apparently a descendant you of sigmar we'll have eventually. <laughs> he's apparently a descendant of sigmar but it's unconfirmed. It's implied that he is, but it's unconfirmed. Tell us um, he's a descendant without actually telling us he's a descendant. Yeah. Basically, the reason why he's considered a descendant is because he's just superhumanly strong, charismatic, and good. He also does what Sigmar did, as in he basically kicks everyone's shit in, tells them to get their ass in line, and we're saving this fucking train wreck of an empire. Well, damn, if it was that simple, why didn't they do it before? <laughs> um, well, they weren't Magnus the Pious, who is, like I said, he's very strong, very powerful, very just awesome. And to prove his worth, he also steps into the flames, the same flames that Sigmar stepped into that were in Middenland. If you remember, okay. he fought. Yeah, he, okay. he basically walks in there and gets divine power bullshit. Our, our talk about our brief talk about Malekith made me think. Made me think of the flame of Azerman. Like, why would he go all the way there? <laughs> Yeah, there's a weird thing about people walking the flames when it comes to gods and some bullshit. Mm. But yeah, Magnus Apias basically he kicks everyone's shit and tells them to stop being a bunch of bitches and says that we're stopping chaos because the orcs have left at this point. The, the Border Prince mercenaries have retreated because no one can pay them. The zombies are gone. It's mostly just chaos at this point. That's the big, like, the big threat. And mm. Magnus basically rise everyone. And it's at this point that, again, Magnus will have his own episode. Like, I'm confident I want him to have his own episode because he's, he's, he's a character that needs to have it. But to 
cover what he does very briefly. He saves Keyslev from basically being destroyed because Chaos is invading both from the seas and through Keyslev. All right, and Keyslev survives. Yes, mm, mm, eh, maybe, maybe. I mean, they survive, but their capital city is so ravaged by this invasion that it's considered permanently cursed and is basically considered Chernobyl. Oh, sad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Luckily, though, Magnus the Pious is not someone who's going to let Keyslev suffer. Because. So he's not going to let it go. Yeah. um, Because (laughs) Magnus the Pious kind of recognizes that the Empire needs Keyslev. So he, again, I'm covering it very briefly because Magnus the Pious will have his own episode. Don't don't hate me. Like any listeners who are like, how dare you not cover Magnus the Pious's 17th journey, his. Alliance with Techless, all this bullshit. I will have an episode on him. Do not worry. It's going to happen Remem- at a later Remember, dear listeners, this is Warhammer Fantasy. Just like 40k, this lore is vast and chunk. We're trying to do this in like bite-sized episodes, even though the two-hour timestamp would seem to uh, you know, offer otherwise. We're trying our best here to make it bite-sized for you guys. Yeah, It's a lot to cover. Yep, yep, yep. But uh, in short, Magnus the Pious defeats the Chaos Invasion and does manage to save Kislev and save the Empire. Now, because of everything he does, he is then elected the, emp- the Emperor of the Empire. Oh, wait, so all this was before he got he became the Emperor? Yeah. Okay, based. Yeah, like like I said, he uni- He basically, I don't want to say he unites, because united means that he brings them together. He basically forces everyone to cooperate, then defeats Chaos, and then he's elected as the Emperor. Oh, so he is the one that forces them to all agree. Yep. Which is another <laughs> reason why people think that he's Sigmar's, like, long-lost ascendant. Which <laughs> might might be a thing, because like I said, and I believe in our Sigmar episode, I mentioned that he uh, fucked a chariot girl for, um, for her cavalry forces. Mm, yes. So yeah, like I said, Magnus Papyrus, he defeats chaos, he does all these amazing things. Again, he will have his own episode, I can guarantee it. It won't be the next one because she's just a little spoilers. The next episode will not cover humans, don't worry. So <laughs> you know, Magnus Papyrus does all those things. He saves the Empire. And this is what could be considered the end of the age of Empire of the three emperors, which is kind of funny because it goes from what no emperor. One emperor, two emperor, three emperor, seven emperors, to back to one emperor. <laughs> one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Exactly. Now, <laughs> that's the general concept of the Age of Three Emperors, which is what GW will be covering in the release of the Old World. Now, as much as I've covered a lot of stuff, this is just the empire that's going to be involved. I will have future episodes written up for all the other factions that are supposed to take place in the old world, like the actual setting itself when it comes out. Those will include Bretonia, Araby, which is the equivalent to Arabia. Um, I believe Ind will be involved, the Ogre Kingdoms, Grand Cathay, uh, actual Kislev, because there's a lot of stuff on Kislev that covers during the, during the Age of Three Emperors. There's a lot of factions that are involved at this point. I have just covered the Empire, and again, I'm skipping... I'm not skipping. I am... Making do with what was given for the age of the emperor of the three emperors, because <laughs> there is stuff that is very in depth 
for example, the war, the battle between um, Ottilia and uh, I believe it's Wilhelm. Like there, there's a full event for their battle. I cast gloss over. Maybe I'll cover it. I don't think I will because it's just a battle. We'll, maybe we'll do battles at some point. We don't have to. So like there is stuff that's really well in depth, and there's literally just bullet points. Like I said, the the night of the restless dead. That's just the fucking bullet point about Nagash raising the dead for like fucking twelve hours. I'm sure we can make that into a two hour episode if we really wanted to. Oh, I, I could I could talk about Nagash for two hours, no problem. And we should definitely bring Jack back on since that should be his realm of uh, his forte. I have a lot of reading to do. I'll be honest. <laughs> It's okay. We'll have we'll have a Tomb Kings episode one day. Tomb Kings are cool. I can respect them. Oh, another thing. Tomb Kings are involved in this. Like, not only is the Gash involved, but the Tomb Kings do have um, some invasions going on as well during this time that I'm not that I did not cover because they did not invade the Empire. I believe they were invading Araby as well. Ah, uh, so the OG Necrons that were actually not Necrons decided to do some Necron shit. Mm-hmm. Like Glorious. I said, there's a lot of stuff that I'm skipping over. For example... Um, the chaos cults and the ogre invasions and whatever those I will cover in Magnus the Pass's eventual episode. Um, like I will cover specific characters eventually, especially big ones like Magnus or um, the Ever Chosen. I have not mentioned the Ever Chosen's yet. I will cover them, all of them, especially Archeon, because in case it wasn't obvious, Archeon's kind of important to the end of the world. Mm, I know a little bit about him. Isn't he like the fantasy equivalent to Abaddon? Um, I would say Malakut is closer to Abaddon because Archeon actually succeeds, whereas Abaddon's known to fail, <laughs> and Malakut constantly <laughs> fails. Okay, yeah, that's, that's a fair assessment. Well, no, no, I like Malakut a million times more than I like Abaddon, but at the end of the day, Malakut fails quite often. <laughs> yeah, Malakut's like the one elf character I actually do kind of like. No, that's that, that that's secret. That's secretly why I actually enjoy most of the elf characters. But don't tell Ramy that. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, any questions? Any comments on the uh, Age of Three Emperors that I did not cover? You guys want any quick elaborations on? So, Game of Thrones, like awesome. This makes me want to go back and watch like the first six seasons of the show. <laughs> What about our undead friend here? Any uh, any thoughts? Any opinions on this just fuster cluck of a religious war that turned into a political one that turned back into a religious one? Not really. I think you covered as many bases as need to be covered. I'm I haven't got any real questions. That's good. That's good. You done your job well, teacher. I I aim to I aim to teach. <laughs> Whew. that's good. I'm happy. I am happy. You guys. Enjoyed this this event again. I will have more episodes written up for this age specifically, but again, don't worry about this point in time for now because next couple episodes I will not. Well, there, there's some Patreon stuff I'm going to mention up uh, eventually when we get to that right away. Mm. Do we have? Is there is there another topic that you're one to bring up first? Um, before we get to Patreon, yeah. Um, because I totally did not study for this pop quiz. <laughs> um, there's not very much I aim to cover. Uh, that I need like I, that I need to say any more than what I, what's been said. Um, except that Magnus Pius is pretty cool. He's definitely a child of uh, Sigmar, 
And mm-hmm. um, I can't wait for the Age of uh, Three Emperors to actually become a game because Kislev's going to get an army and so is Grand Cafe. And I'm going to fucking fuck shit up with the Dragon Emperor. Ooh, there's a Dragon Emperor? Cafe is ruled by basically the uneven better version of the God Emperor of Mankind. Ooh, that's heresy, my friend, but ooh. Heresy! Look, listen, listen. When I look, you have the Emperor of Man, right? He's a cool guy. 12 foot tall demigod, bullshit power, whatever. But, <laughs> but consider Fantasy China ruled by an immortal god demigod guy who has the power to turn into a dragon with jade scales and can call down motherfucking meteors. The only thing I love more than wolves is dragons. <laughs> That's motherfucking right. Oh, I should also mention they have like armies that are based on, that are just fucking cool and god cafe is so cool i can't wait for their episode definitely Me, like a good time yes <sighs> but otherwise i don't really have much more to say all right then this is all very much getting me hyped for all the other topics what we will be discussing yes 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 like i said warmer fantasy is a very broad series and i'm happy that's one that's coming back because it's it's just a generally awesome series. But otherwise, um, I think we should do some Patreon announcements. Sure. We actually have a couple of shout-outs to give. But once again, a huge thank you to our dear, the Honorable Knight Sir Fleur de Montfort, and then <laughs> the, no, the very noble dwarf Slappy. Thank you for again for your continued patronage. But we also have a new patron, a.k.a. Grog. Good man, good man. I'm a, I'm a good man. I'm a good man, Grog. Good man. And actually, I, I, I made the mistake. Let me make that correction real quick. He is the honorable knight, so Grog. There we go. <laughs> yes, yes. Good man, good Grog. Good, good man. But also, just a huge thank you to all of our patrons and and our wonderful members of the Discord. This, this whole thing would not be possible without your support and your hype and your enthusiasm. It's just, it's just really awesome to create a. You know, just a community like this to, you know, just nerd out over shit, you know? Yes, yes, yes. I actually do want to do a good shout out to our friend Jack here because for those who don't know, um, Jack has his own hobbies that he does that are quite impressive that make me jealous. <laughs> Indeed. Because, yes, he's, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, he does 3D prints. He does custom things with 3D prints that are very impressive. Um, one of his, one of the ones he showed me, I, I had a uh, Sinesh reaction at the sight of it because it was, oh, it was impressive. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to bleep, I'm gonna have to bleep out your next couple of sentences. Oh, they're not gonna be sentences. Mostly gonna be uh, quite loud moans. But <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, so that means if- a lot to hear. Thank you. Yes, so um, it's this is also kind of a shout out to you as well, though. For anyone who does, who wants, you know, like let's say you're you have a space marine because Warhammer, Warhammer. If you have a space marine like shoulder pads you want done, feel free to like send him a message. You can discuss with him because he does fantastic work. I cannot recommend him enough. As like, someone that's I've, also had a bunch of custom work for like my space marines and just like other forty k stuff in general, I can assess this. He is Jack is excellent. You will not be disappointed. Yes. Yes, you have both of our oh, thank uh, you. <laughs> yeah, both of our approvals. 
So anyone who sees this episode, you guys want to hit him up. I don't know if you want to drop um, your details. If you want to message, if you want to like anyone to sh- to like message you or whatever, Jack. If you want to like do your shit or you want to just. No, I I don't want to take advertising space on your podcast and feel rude doing it. Hmm, I don't know. We're shutting you out. I I I honestly. Oh, nonsense! Yeah. Feel, yeah, feel like, really... I don't I don't care. This is this is honestly just us kind of giving because. I cannot express how impressed I was when I seen the shoulder pad you made for my chapter. I am, I'm kind of going on a little bit to like, I do want to express that he does fantastic work. Mm-hmm. So I, this is more of just kind of like, yeah, you should get the praise. So I feel like do, this do is, indeed. This, like, is, this is a, like us showing our gratitude to you for what you do and just for joining us on the, joining us on the podcast. So you've earned this advertising you. space my friend yeah so so by all means shut yourself out drop your drop your deeds drop whatever you need and yeah go ahead it means a lot thank you sorry i'm drinking some water fast uh, fast, fast but yes 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 warp zone yes yes <laughs> <laughs> so again thank you to jack for being on um I do want to say for anyone who does want to join us on our episodes, uh, you can obviously join if you're in our. Oh my fucking god! I just seen the fucking meme that he posted. Why did I look at the memes now? And I'm doing an announcement. If you want to, if, and if you want fucking to understand god. the context, if you... <laughs> fucking Christ. it looks so much like a. If you want to understand, yeah, I can't say this with a straight face. Seriously, okay. <laughs> if you want to understand the context behind what we're discussing, please click the link in the description and join our Patreon. And join our Patreon, and you'll get an invite to join our Discord. So you can. I was not expecting that. <laughs> so you can. So you can join a like-minded group of. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Cut it! Cut it! Cut it! <laughs> I didn't think you'd get that big of a reaction. Sorry okay. for the intrusion. We had a we, we had, had a, a case breakdown. Of, yeah, we had we had a mental breakdown. I want to <laughs> say um, that that was uncalled for. Our our reaction was uncalled for. We said some things that were unnecessary. Uh, saying <laughs> was not okay. We would like to uh, make an official statement that this is not the uh, that as part of Grimoire, this is not the the community one to make. <laughs> oh okay i'm good i'm good sorry oh man. okay i'm good i'm good all right i've recovered okay all right so sorry one final announcement that now we're back now we recovered officially um so this is more again i thank you to the patreons and i just you know uh appreciate for what they're doing everything they're doing um, if you would like to actually vote on upcoming episodes i mentioned that the next couple of the next episode will not be on humans but um, I believe it will be next week or the week after. We will actually be doing, um, I will be putting up a poll for anyone who is part of the Patreon to um, make votes, to vote on upcoming episodes. And I will plan on making this a, um, a reoccurring event where patrons will be able to vote on upcoming episodes. Jail will, not, will either not be available to see them. I will lock him out from being able to witness the votes. Or he will have to... Um, 
stay true to his oath as a dwarf and not witness the uh, results of the poll to keep each episode a, a startling surprise for him. Well, I don't so, know about you elves, but I keep to my oaths. Look, one time, one time an elf decided he was going to break an oath. That doesn't mean all of us do. He had one oath. One <laughs> oath. Yeah, but it's kind of hard to keep peace forever. I mean, that's that's like forever. <laughs> that's a very long time, man. So, <laughs> again, if you guys want to place your votes on upcoming episodes, uh, join our Patreon, and you'll also get an invite to our Discord community where you can go into the meme channel and laugh for a good 15 minutes and end up falling under the table where people think that you're uh, you're a Warpstone addict. I am not an addict. I can stop anytime I want. Shut up. You know, funny thing, you should mention that because a similar ha- thing happened to me IRL. Minus the Warpstone. Uh, okay. All right. Jack, anything you want to say before we uh, sign off? Uh, not really. I haven't got anything to add. Yeah, good. Good, good. Say the meme channel for now, please. I don't I don't need to lose my shit again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, avoid it. Uh, all right. And say, you got any more of that warp soon that you gave Rayway? I have to wait till I dig myself under again. Uh, <laughs> fine. <laughs> Don't worry, another perfect place for us to do our next trip. Oh, really? Yes, it's uh, it'll be quite the experience. I imagine it'll be um, an out of this world experience, actually. Really? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, are we going to be visiting one of your wood elf cousins? Uh, <laughs> Does he have access to any any special shrooms that I don't know about? Well, perhaps. Or it might just be a big club. Last time I hung out with Wood, I was in it so well for me. Well, that's on you. But I got nothing more to say. I'm ready to, I'm ready to kick out the fire, drown my last cup, and uh, take off. All right. Hey, bartender, give me another pint of Fenrisian, please. And give me another one for... What do you have to drink, Jack? It'll just go right through me. I wouldn't bother. Oh my god, I fucking hate Make that. Make that two. <laughs> Both of them for me, please. <laughs>